Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for a Monday episode of Let's Ride. I am super excited for this show, for this week. Why? The Pittsburgh Steelers report to training camp this week. It is time, everyone, for us to finally be able to talk about Pittsburgh Steelers football. Not projections, not reports, just factual football happening and i understand that we're not going to get a lot of in-depth up close and personal stuff this year uh with them not being at st vincent college but nonetheless it's all going to be right there for us it's going to be something to keep an eye on and definitely 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 behind the steel curtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, we will start debuting the Training Camp Confidential Articles, which is a series that we do over the course of 48 to 72 hours. Just some really great stuff, getting you geared up for the season. So BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, can't stress that enough, should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And also, our podcast platform is getting is going to be robust. We'll put it that way. And you need to follow us on our audio-only pages. I know there's several people out there that they listen to us on YouTube or Facebook Live in the afternoon that's great not hating on you at that for all at at all but my gosh you got to listen to all of our shows on our audio platform so that you don't miss anything that's my let's ride podcast monday wednesday friday dave schofield stat geek on thursday michael becks uh, the deputy editor behind the steel curtain his live mic on tuesday and then our afternoon shows which Monday's the hangover, Tuesday's the Scobro show, Wednesday is the curtain call, Thursday's the preview, Friday with Tony, his six pack, and then Saturday's the touchdown under, Sunday's 2 a.m. And then we have all these new shows debuting, which I'm excited for. You should be excited for the War Room with Matty Peverell's going to continue. We're going to bring in the Steelers Fantasy Fix with Jeremy Betts. We're going to be bringing in the Ohioans to talk about the Steelers Power Half Hour. We're going to be talking about what Ian's talking about. And Jeffrey Benedict is actually going to do a solo show talking about the X's and O's. It's very exciting. But what I'm really excited about is, A, is a rumor that is swirling. It was started on Sunday, swirling around Steeler Nation. But I'm also excited to bring in a guest. This is something we did last year. This is something that we've done in the past. I'm bringing in editor Dave Schofield to join me with for this episode to talk about. We're, we're predicting the 53-man roster, but we got to get to these rumors first. But first, let me bring in Dave. What's up, Dave? How's it going? It's going all right, Jeff. I'm just happy to be here, to be heard as part of the Ride or Die crew as one of those guys that listens to every podcast. Thank you very much. And I listened to all of yours. It's good stuff. If you never listened to Dave Statke, give it a listen. Um, he, trust me, I'm not a numbers guy. They hurt my head. Uh, but still, I find myself learning something every time I listen to Dave's podcast. Last week's was great. Talking about the pass rush, if you missed it, go back and check it out for sure. But Dave, I want to ask you these rumors. I, I kind of teased it there for a second. The rumor is, and this is from Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports, take that for what it's worth. Okay, right off the bat, take that for what it's worth. There are people that think this guy, he's an insider. He knows exactly what he's talking about, what he's predicting or projecting. And then there's others that say this guy is a little out there. Here's what he said, not what I said. Here's what he said verbatim from his tweet, Jason Lockerford's official account. Quote, Steelers remain on the hunt for pass rush help. They had interest in Justin Houston, but that does not appear to be a match. 
will bring in Melvin Ingram for a visit this week and possibly others, end quote, end tweet. There you go. Now, this article ran on Behind the Steel Curtain Monday morning at 7 a.m. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you do that. Dave, when you heard this news, when you saw this tweet, because this went out on our Slack channel, what was your thought? My thought was I was hoping to get it confirmed from another source. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, that was my first thought. But no, just it's always nice to get more than one source. But at the same time, it's if someone's with one of the big, you know, national networks they generally aren't going to put stuff out there that could that's going to be easily dismissed so it looks like this is going to be one of those things this this is where the Steelers need the most help I mean they just from a number standpoint don't have many bodies at the outside linebacker position so um, they've got a little bit of wiggle room with the cap right now because of the whole David DeCastro release. So might as well at least see what's there now to see if now is the better time or if there's going to be other options um, when there's roster cutdowns. Well, what is that cap number, by the way? If you have a ballpark figure on the top of your head, how much space do they have? Oh, I've got to think about it because it's been a while since I did it. It's 13 point something. I'm thinking 13.1 is the actual cap number, but they're going to need at least nine, nine and a half million for other things. It, it's funny because I, I like to explain it early in the off season that those other things, you can work things later to make sure you have the money for those other things. You don't have to have that money in, in May. You, you don't need the money for the practice squad in May. You can still make other moves by then. But now we're getting much closer and they would have to do some other working of contracts and there's not a lot of options there. So I'm just looking that if they, if you look at the number that they're going to need come basically September 1st, August 31st, um, you know, August 31st, when you'll, you'll have your 52nd and 53rd player that counts, then you'll be signing your practice squad on September 1st, most likely things like that. And the money that you have, that you're going to want to take into the season, you still got probably, I know it's at least 3 million, probably close to three and a half million that they would still have other, you know, enough to do all those other things and still have that much right now that they could use towards that. Or, you know, you've even mentioned on your show about the whole, you know, mega deal for, for TJ Watt. Do you really want to do anything that ups his cap number for this year? Um, but if they had to a little bit, they'd have some room, but I'd much rather them spend that on another player. Like it seems like they are looking to possibly do if they can find the right fit. Now, what do you think about the case okay, so the, the rumor is, is that Justin Houston, they, they were in talks with him probably with his agent. Maybe it was a schematic. It didn't fit from a schematic standpoint. Maybe it was a, a number standpoint in terms of salary that he was going to be making that the Steelers just didn't have the money he was expecting. Or maybe it was the fact that he didn't think he was going to be playing enough. Nonetheless, Melvin Ingram now is going to be coming into Pittsburgh reportedly. These are all reports, people, but we're still going to talk about it. Melvin Ingram is supposed to come to Pittsburgh now, and Melvin Ingram is a very good pass rusher when he can stay healthy. That's the big if. If he can stay healthy when he's on the football field, when he's available. This guy's torn an ACL. He had a really bad hip, uh, a tear in a, in a ligament, I think, in, in his hip. He's had a hamstring issue that knocked him out in the past, and then most recently um, he had some more uh, knee issues, I believe, in 2020 that uh, put him on the injured reserve twice. But still, uh, Dave, when you think about Melvin Ingram, is he someone that maybe if he had a lesser role with the Steelers, he's number three and not required to be the number one or number two pass rusher, 
Is that beneficial to him? And do you think that could be a, a way to bring him in? Well, it, it's really going to come down to what he's looking for. What, you know, is he willing to take this amount of money in this, in this kind of role to where this is going to be the right fit that, you know, just to be on the team, let alone schematically, if it's something that he feel, feels fits in there, that to me, that's a whole different issue, but is he willing to come in knowing that he's not going to be pegged to be a starter? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very fairly certain, very, very, fairly, I guess it's, I don't know if that's a good way to say it or not, that, you know, the Steelers are not looking to have, and you know, someone who would even bump ahead of Alex Highsmith, unless there was a problem after the scenes and went on, you know, but that he's going to come into camp, you know, day one, he's going to be that guy opposite of TJ Watt. So you got to see if, if Ingram wants to do that. I mean, that's not, it's not a big characteristic thing for the Steelers to bring in someone, you know, at his age, he's 32 you know, at this point of his career on a really, on a big deal. This sounds more like a smaller contract, possibly just one year, you know, veteran minimum or, or a small two year, two year deal where you can push some of the money into the second year, things like that. Um, it's, it's just really interesting. I don't really know what they're going to do with that, but I mean, you say about, he had the injury struggles. He did have a four year stretch um, from 2015 to 2018 where he didn't miss a game. Yeah. It, I mean, so it was early in his career and then it, and then it was the last couple seasons where he struggled with that. So it really is going to come down to, is he going to, to be willing to do what the Steelers want him for? That's what, to me, that's, that's going to yeah, be the, the ultimate thing. Right. And so we're not going to spend a ton of, ton of time on this. That's not what the main crux of this podcast is all about. We're trying to get you ready for training camp. If Melvin Ingram or someone else is a part of that, then that's great. If not, we're, we're going to plow ahead as if he's not. We'll put it that way. And we are going to be predicting the 53-man roster. This is pre-training camp. Now, Dave and I have done this periodically throughout the offseason. Uh, we did it before. We, I know we did it after the draft. I think we did it after free agency. And here we go before training camp with the lead up. We are going to go through the offense and defense. We'll do offense in the first break. I don't think there's as many questions in terms of the 53 in the, on, the, on the offensive side, but I could be wrong. And then we'll go to defense and special teams in the second half to round out the show. So, Dave, are you ready? I am ready. All right. So this this article will be running later in the week, and we'll – attach the podcast to it as well but let's look at the quarterback position uh we all know the depth chart dave i'm gonna let you go first uh and who do you have making the 53-man roster at the quarterback position how many players and who are those players well i've i've got the typical three quarterbacks mm -hmm. and i have of course btr benjamin todd roethlisberger mason rudolph is the number two and i might not be the most popular opinion, but I have Josh Dobbs as my number three because that's who's going to be there until I see something otherwise to make me change my mind. And so what we're going to do here is I'm going to then say if I have agree with Dave or if I disagree with Dave, and in this case, I do disagree with one of those players. I have Roethlisberger and Rudolph as one and two. I have Dwayne Haskins making the team. And I know that there's it's a very low risk, uh, Dwayne Haskins, we all know that, but we know that Joshua Dobbs can play, but we also know that Joshua Dobbs is a player that was traded last season. So he wasn't even valued enough to keep him on the roster. 
Dwayne Haskins, they bring him in, barring him completely falling flat on his face, which could happen, by the way, in the preseason. I think Dwayne Haskins makes the team. Maybe they trade Joshua Dobbs again. I'm not sure. It depends on what else is out there. But so we both have three players. You have Dobbs. I have Haskins. Let's go to running back, Dave. Who you have? Running back, I have them going with keeping. It's funny keeping a quote-unquote extra on where they've even had more than this in the past. They've gone with as few as three. I have them with four. I've got the, the obvious Najee Harris. I do have Benny Snell Jr., Anthony McFarland, and Jalen Samuels because, once again, I, I kind of put the, the, the Kalen Balage into the same boat as Dwayne Haskins that he's going to have to knock somebody else out of there first. So until I can really see what he can do, I'm not, I'm not putting that kind of expectations on him. I have the same four making the team, but I feel like one of the training camp battles that maybe no one's talking about too much because it's all about secondary stuff. We're talking special teams players is Jalen Samuels versus Ballage. Samuels yeah. has a connection with Matt Canada. We know their time at NC State. Ballage has was one of those players. Now you take this for what it's worth, but in during OTAs and during mandatory minicamp, he was getting the attention of reporters. Well, one of the reasons was that the running back drills were always done right below where the reporters were standing and watching them work out. And so they had an up close and personal look uh, at Ballage and what he was able to do. Um, several writers were really high on Ballage. I could see him maybe making the team. I just don't know if it's going to be an impact type player, if he's even going to have a helmet on game days. Does he going to play special teams? That's a big question, but I agree with Dave. I think those four Harris Snell McFarland and Samuels are the ones to make the team fullback. Let's not even waste our time. Derek Watts, the guy, then one else is going to win it. Uh, and let's go to wide receiver. Dave, who do you have a wide receiver? I've got the same five that they finished the year with and played the entire season with last year. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Washington, and Ray Ray McLeod. I have the same five. And again, like I said, I didn't think there was uh, there were many. I mean, uh, unless there's an injury, and I don't even know who would even – because they didn't draft a wide receiver this year. So no. I don't even know if, if they were to change anything. You know, oh, this guy's going to unseat Ray Ray McLeod. I don't even know who that guy would be. They, they don't have a Ryan Switzer type. So in terms of wide receivers, I think this is the group This is the group, and it's just a matter of can they perform and can they stay healthy. Let's go to tight end. This is an interesting position here. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, tight end. I I made a change from this earlier. I'm really torn. I think this could be one of the more interesting camp battles. I have them keeping three. I have it being Eric Ebron and Pat Frermuth. At first, I had Kevin Rader. Now I'm back to thinking maybe they'll want to stick around with Zach Gentry again. Um mainly because I think Raiders an easier guy to get on the practice squad, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I think they could put they, if they wanted to, they could even go with two here and put both those guys on the practice squad. So I'm going to be flip-flopping those guys, probably all preseason based on how they're playing. Um, Originally I went with Raider because he does offer special teams play so much. So he played in the playoff game last year, but then the more I think out of it, I'm like, well, you know, Gentry, did lose his job because of injury. And you know how the Steelers are with when, when you get injured, they don't like to have you necessarily lose your spot. That's usually in season, not between seasons. Right. But so therefore you can flip a coin right now with either one of these guys. It's really going to come out of the preseason. So I just wanted to at least make a change this time. So I did go with Zach Gentry. 
I had I've had Ebron, Fryermuth, and Gentry the entire time. And my yeah, you brought up good points about Raider and special teams. I don't think they're going to need a ton of special teams help this season. I think they have a very really good uh, special teams players on the roster. I think they go with Gentry. Why he was a drafted player. The organization does not like to turn their back on players that they have drafted. Um, you'd have to think uh, long and hard about players that were drafted earlier than the sixth round that are jettisoned away after a few seasons. They normally like to give them every opportunity. Gentry didn't have much of that last season because of the knee injury. I think they're going to give him an opportunity to prove something. Maybe if he's just a blocker or a Matt Spath type, I'd be fine with that. I think Gentry rounds out the three, and I do think they keep three at the tight end position. But let's go to the last position on the that's the offensive line. I think this is one where there could be a lot of change and a lot of differences here. Dave, who and how many do you have making this roster? I have nine because you can dress eight. So that's one of the reasons I think they'll, they'll go with the extra guy, you know, to have the nine. Um, I went with the, maybe I should say four presumed starters of Banner, Okorafor, Dotson, and Turner now, of course, rather than David DeCastro. Then you've got the possible centers. I have BJ Finney and Kendrick Green. Then I have two more tackles in Joe Hegg and Dan Moore Jr. And then I wasn't sure if I should go with, with the extra center or who I think is just the better player. And I went better player, and I went with Rashad Coward is the last one. And this is where this is you're going to see this trend, folks, as you as we go through all of these positions, is that when Dave and I are doing this, it's rare that we'll agree on more than just one player. It's only that last player. You know, they're going to, we both agree they're going to keep nine offensive lines, important offensive lines, thin. I took the player that can play multiple positions. JC Hassenauer mm-hmm. can play center and guard. I'd have not heard that Coward can play center. And I know that they would have two on the roster on Dave's roster with Finney and green, but still, I think that they love their versatility. I have them keeping JC Hassenauer. I could see them only keeping eight. I'd be shocked, but I could see them doing it if they want to add a player somewhere else. Um, and that's that, that would, again, I would point. be shocked, but if they, if that's the case, then I think Hasnauer or Coward would be the ones that were going. Um, and so there you have it. So total on offense, we have the same number. We're keeping 25 players on the offensive side of the football. And I don't think there was many, I mean, you could talk about Gentry and Raider or, you know, Dobbs and Haskins or Hasenauer and Coward. You're talking about depth upon depth upon depth players. If, if Dwayne Haskins is called into action, it's because several players got hurt ahead of him and the season's in jeopardy anyway. So keep that in mind, folks, because if you're listening to this on your way to work and you're yelling at your, you're yelling at your phone or you're, you're staring like, gosh, these guys are idiots. Calm the engines, okay? Just cool down. Hey, we're going to get to defense and special teams, really important special team stuff to talk about here. Uh, We'll be right back right after this break. All right. 
right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Harbin, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and joining me today on this special Monday podcast is Dave Schofield. We are in the midst of breaking down the 50, or I should say predicting, not breaking down, predicting the Steelers' 53-man roster for the uh, pre-training camp edition. We've already gone through the offense. Hopefully you didn't fall asleep during that. So here we go to the defense. Let's get right into it, Dave. The defensive line. They return everyone, but there's still some depth questions here. Who do you have and how many? Yeah, this is what's really tough because last year they kept seven for most of the season. Um, And I could see them keeping seven. But with the question marks that you have at various places in the secondary, I don't know if you want to skimp anywhere there. So I, for now, I only have them going with six. So you're talking about drafting a player and cutting down a player, which means two people from last year would be the odd man out. So, And that's exactly what I have, because I, I don't think that the Steelers were going to trade up, not, not even trade up, sorry, trade into the fifth round, because they didn't even move one of their picks from this year, to, to get Isaiah Loudermilk and not keep him on the team to try to develop him, even if he never gets a helmet. Um, because a lot of times they only have five with a helmet on game day. But other than Loudermilk, I have the obvious Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuit, Tyson Alawalu. And then I have Chris Wormley and Carlos Davis because he was the guy getting the snaps last year, um, getting, getting the helmet in the playoff game, getting on the field for defensive snaps in the playoff game. Um, Mondo got a helmet, but he only played special teams. If they keep a seventh, I think it's him because of special teams. So I really think that there's a good chance that Isaiah Bugs might be the odd man out for sure for this year. Yeah, this is a position where, <clears throat> excuse me, in the article I wrote, I said how I, I could see them keeping Bugs, but I just haven't figured out how they're going to create that roster spot yet at th- this stage of the game. And so I have Hayward, Tua, Alawalu, um, Wormley, I have Carlos Davis. This is a quick sidebar. The other night I had a few minutes and I turned on my TV, but brought up YouTube and I watched the latest, the standard, which is a production by the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And it was the first 10 minutes are just absolute gold. I I could, I probably will watch it again. Um, And that is where Mike Tomlin's mic'd up. Cam Hayward's mic'd up. It is just, it's really fun to watch. And it was Honestly, Carlos Davis was the player that was going against Cam Hayward, and they were just, in terms of conditioning drills, just battling, battling, battling each other, the get off on the ball. I see that as this is the guy that's going to have a bigger role this year. And Isaiah Bugs, I just see him. He was the one that was losing his helmet at the end of the season. He could be out. I agree with you about Loudermilk. They're not going to trade into the fifth round and they're not going to make that and give up a fourth round draft capital and future NFL drafts to not keep this player. It would be a disaster in every, every sense of the word if they did that. Um, And then you look at even Mondo has provided some value. I don't know if they're going to just stick with six. I could see them going seven. We'll see. But right now we all agree that those are the players that we definitely think are going to make it those six players. Let's go to outside linebacker or edge pass rusher, whatever you want to call it. And how many do you have and who do you have staying there? Uh, Dave, go ahead. I've got four with Watt, Highsmith, Roche, and Marsh. That could go to five if they bring someone else in um, or where they just added another one on or it would replace someone that's already there. I don't see anybody else on the roster now that could even push for one of those four spots. 
I agree. Hey, yeah. <laughs> in the article that I wrote for the website that uh, that we mentioned earlier in the show, when we talked about Melvin Ingram, um, you know, you, you talk about the depth chart and you're looking at this like, that's it? Like that, that's it. That's literally it. So for me, I, I think the only way this changes is if they sign someone and I, they don't even have an Ola Denye type that like you're like, Oh, maybe he could push someone out. Nope. I don't see any of that. So outside linebacker seems pretty set at four. They've gone less than that. They've gone with three heading into a season. Uh, but I don't think they're going to do that this year. We'll see. Let's go to inside linebacker. Dave, who you got? All right. Well, I, I got five here and it's, it's pretty much the standard five of Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, Vince Williams, Buddy Johnson. And this is the one that if they decide to keep another outside linebacker, cause they sign one where you could see someone losing that spot in that fifth inside linebacker spot. And that's a big year for Ulysses Gilbert third. And he's been injured a lot. You know, as you say, Hey, he's got a lot of potential. But as you like to say, all potential means is you just haven't done it yet. And he hasn't really done it yet because of so many injuries. So if they don't change anything at the outside linebacker position, I think this is a spot where he could grab. But I really could see that they would have to cut that if they need to keep somebody somewhere else. You know, you talk about where they could trim the fat, and I'm not using that in terms of like the position I'm going to mention <laughs> gotcha. along the offensive line. You know, uh-huh. you could trim the fat. I, for instance, we were talking about Coward and or Hassenauer. Well, you could say that neither, and you could go with eight, yeah. and they could create a spot here uh, if they needed, um, you know, to sign an outside linebacker and keep five. I have the same Bush, Spillane, Williams, Johnson. Those are locks. I do have UG3, Ulysses Gilbert III, making the team based on his athleticism. And if he can stay healthy, I think they value him as a special teams player, as someone that could even be put into specific uh, sub package roles. I think they really like Ulysses Gilbert, the third, they drafted him for a reason. They've kept him around throughout all these injuries, but the, the one thing that, that he has to do is stay healthy. And it's not only him, it's those in front of him. Well, think about last season, boy, could they have used Ulysses Gilbert, the third, when Devin Bush was hurt and Robert Spillane was hurt, but guess what? He was hurt too. So they need to make that, uh, they, they need to get UG three on the field and they need him to stay on the field. If they want to have him, if he wants a, a, an actual roster spot, that's somewhat solidified. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, I do want to say there was someone I failed to mention that exactly. is kind of be battling there is this is where we got to put Marcus Allen because they've, they've moved him strictly to linebacker. Um, if he could possibly fit in there. Now I'm going to tell you, I don't have Miles Killebrew talking about him here because I have him other places. That's the same so, with me. I did the same thing. Yeah. And so this would be the spot where maybe you could maybe the battle is, and Dave, let me know what you think about this. Is it Allen and Gilbert the third for this yeah. final inside linebacker spot? It exactly. That's what I actually had in the article was I have it down between UG three and Marcus Allen if they keep five. Right. You know, just like exactly like you said about the offensive line. If it's two guys that you're not sure, maybe they keep neither of them in order to get a spot somewhere else. I I got to think that they were they're they're kind of spooked from last season with the inside linebacker depth. I, I feel like they're going to say the more the better. Uh, we need that fifth guy, and especially if they're trying to go with different sub packages this year, it'll be interesting as they try to figure out a way to replace. You know, not just uh, Bud Dupree up front, but you're also talking about that Mike Hilton hybrid role. We shall see. 
We shall see. Let's go to cornerback next. Speaking of Mike Hilton, who do you have going and how many? Um, I, I've got my typical 10 defensive backs. The question is how you're going to divide them up between corner and safety. And for now, until something else emerges in, in camp or during the preseason, I've got them split five and five. So I've got five corners and I did make a change recently I on the very bottom, on the very last one. I shouldn't say bottom one, but um, Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, James Pierre, Justin Lane. Oh, sorry, Lustin Jane. Got to say that right. The one change that I did was I I changed out undrafted free agent um, Shakur Brown and put in um, Arthur. Is it Mullet or Mullet? Mullet. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, well, even how you say his name, but he at least has some NFL experience. He came over from the Jets. I don't know if he'll stick or not, but he has as much chance as any. It's the last guy, and sometimes you're going to change in and out that last guy. We're not going to get it right. I mean, I, I have to. I have to confess this here. I've got James Pierre, you know, s- solidly in here at cornerback. When I was looking at last year's training camp confidential, not only did I not have James Pierre on the roster, I didn't even have him on the practice squad, and I didn't even have him as one of the six sleepers to make the team. That's how far down I had James Pierre. Now, we did have someone who commented about James Pierre um, in that article. I wish I could remember who it was, but I mean, they, they did great and saw that early before training camp even started. But we could have somebody like that, and that's why we move these guys around. But uh, you got to love stories like James Pierre, and maybe there's someone else that's completely off our radar that sneaks in, but for now I have it as Arthur Millett. I actually made the same exact change. I have Hayden, Sutton, Pierre. I have my boy Lustin Jane. Justin Lane is making the team, and just so he can be critical of me say, tweeting about him, I guess. Um, so I have Millette in, and this is something that I've been big on Millette since I read Jeffrey Benedict's film room breakdown of him. I was like, I, I looked at it and I said, man, I, this guy brings some value both at the cornerback role and even at safety. He's done both of those in the National Football League, and no one wants to give him any credit for that because of who he played for. He played for the Jets, and they were awful. I think Millette could come in and actually help this team and fill in the role of Mike Hilton if necessary. And Shakur Brown could be a great prospect, and I think they're going to want to try to keep him. And maybe he does bump someone off. We'll see. Like, a great point, Dave. I didn't go back and look, but I know I didn't even know who James Pierre was until probably about week, I don't know, week 16 last year. <laughs> no, I knew who he was in camp, that it was, he had a chance to then make the team. But before training camp started, before they reported, I mean, but especially before any padded practices it was like I knew the name because I pretty much knew the name of everyone on the roster, but it wasn't anyone that was on my radar one bit to possibly make the team. And now he might be taking significant steps for the Steelers in 2021. He got a ton of pub. We'll put it that way during mandatory mini camp. He was, he was put in front of the media. And yeah. That that's a big thing folks. Like if you're put when in this day and age where they, they hand select who gets interviewed if they say, hey, James Pierre, we want you to go in front of the media, that, that should tell you something. That should tell you something. Uh, let's go to another position that's going to be very interesting, and that's why I said you know, the defense might need a little bit more time than the offense. I think there's more depth conversations on the defensive side of the ball. Let's go to safety. Dave, who you got? 
Okay, safety. Well, I've I've got the the two quote unquote starters, and of course, all pro Mika Fitzpatrick, and then Terrell Edmonds, who as of right now is going into the last year of his contract. So it'll be interesting to see how he plays this year. This is where I put Miles Killebrew. They have him listed as a linebacker on the roster. He's been listed as the secondary guy his entire career, mainly a special teams guy. And when he played the most and played the best was when uh, Steelers, what is it, assistant defensive coach or however he says, whatever you want to call it, um, Terrell Austin yeah. was the defensive coordinator in Detroit. That's when Kilbrew played his best football. So I see him more as a secondary guy. That's why I put him here. But so, so Fitzpatrick, Edmonds, Killebrew, Antoine Brooks Jr., I put him in there. He's one of those guys that could see snaps or he could not even make the team. He's a big wild card there. And I made a change. I had Lamont Wade making it as um, an undrafted free agent. And then I decided to go ahead and change and put seventh-round draft pick Trey Norwood in there instead. So those are my five, Fitzpatrick, Edmonds, Killebrew, Brooks, and Norwood. So your change is basically what I had. I didn't make any changes. I kept, obviously, Fitzpatrick and Edmonds. Killebrew, I have him making the team. Even if he's just a special teams and depth piece, think about a better Jordan Dangerfield. Antoine Brooks, he was another player who got a lot of talk. He didn't get in front of the media, but he, Mike Tomlin spoke about him at mandatory minicamp saying how he could have a, a, a bigger role this season. He was a drafted player in 2020. And Trey Norwood, I still think the Steelers love him, and we could actually have him in the cornerback discussion as well. I like what you said, Dave, when we were getting to the cornerbacks. You said, I have them 10 10 defensive backs making the team because some of these players, Millette, Norwood, uh, they can play multiple positions. And so they could be technically on both of these depth charts, but still I like, I like that five that you have as well. So that's a total of 25 on the defensive side of the ball. If you do some very basic math that even Jeff Hartman can do, that's 50. So that leaves us to specialists, the special teams. And this is normally something that we would just kind of ho-hum. Here we go. Uh, let's go over the three players that are going to make the team. Maybe not so much this year. Dave, who do you have making it from the specialists? Well, as of right now, Cameron Kennedy is the only long snapper on the on the roster. So not true. Well, no, that's right. That's I forget. True. I forgot. Coots is, is there. Is he a linebacker? Is he a long snapper? That's what you got to ask yourself. Mike Tomlin loves position versatility. Yes. <laughs> so, but he's been around for I think this will be his third camp. So he's one of those guys that they like to have around just in case. But I, I don't think he's going to knock Canada um, off the roster. Um, and then, of course, it's not that they, they did bring in another kicker, but it's not he's not going to knock off Chris Boswell unless there's a big problem. It's mainly to keep Boswell from having to kick too much yeah. um, through the preseason. And I have – I've got big press. I've got big press making it as, at the punter over Jordan Berry. And the biggest reason – is if you go back in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting punters, players that were strictly punters, you know, I'm not talking back in, in, in 1939 where you draft a guy that's, that's a halfback, a linebacker, and a punter, and a place kicker. You know, I'm not talking that. But if you're drafted a guy that is a punter and only a punter, they have never drafted one that did not kick every game of their rookie year. So for that reason, I think they go with the guy they drafted. So I obviously Boswell, I agree with you. He's the guy he's going to be the player that, and I hope they give him kind of like the Ben Roethlisberger treatment because he was, had those nagging injuries last year. I think it was his hip. Um, talk about a hip with a kicker. That's a horrible injury to have. You don't want him developing any of those type of injuries in training camp. 
So Boswell's the kicker. Canada's probably the long snapper, barring an injury. And then Presley Harvin the third. You know, I remember I joined the curtain call about three weeks ago now, and they were talking about Presley Harvin the third. Big press, as I call him. Thank, thankfully, no one is picking up on um, Brian Anthony oh. Davis's Elvis. It's horrible. It's what, yes. anyways, big press because he's a big guy and he presses a lot of weight. If you check what he did at Georgia Tech. I talked about how, you know, last year we were all excited. Well, maybe it was just me. I was excited when Barry didn't make the team. They signed uh, Dustin Colquitt. I'm thinking, sweet, here we go. And then he ends up coming coming back. Um, Presley Harvin is going to have to play well, and I'll probably celebrate if he's still the punter at the second half. So after the second half of the season, if Presley Harvin is still the punter, maybe that's when I will celebrate and I'll do a little ditty or something like that on the show for all those out there. My ride or die crew that have been wanting to hear me made They always, I always talk about, I'll write a song and I'll sing a song. Maybe I'll do a big press song. There you go. But Jeff, that- Jeff, 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 <laughs> you know, when you look at it, some of the longest averages for the season in punting have been in recent years with Jordan Berry being the punter. Yeah. I do not have a problem with Jordan Berry. I do. I, I have a problem <laughs> with the inconsistency. It's not that he can't punt well. It's just that he doesn't always punt well. And I understand that. And, and honestly, the biggest thing that I like with the Steelers is if they see that they're weaker and they could get better, that they're not afraid to do what they need to do to get better. And last year, after Dustin Coco came in, the Steelers realized they could get better at punting by bringing Jordan Berry back. And they did. I just want them to be good at it. I don't care who it is. I don't have a problem with anyone like you do. I just want them to be good at it. End of story. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I have a problem with Barry. I'm not even sure what it is. I just want better. <laughs> I've started that narrative and now you can't yes, get away no, from it. You can't, you can't backtrack on that. I'm, I'm, I'm way in the deep end. I got to head first into this thing. There's no backing out. So, all right. So there you have it, folks. That's our prediction for this 53 man roster. We know we're going to be wrong, but it's just fun to go through it. If you want to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter. Um, I am at J Harbin, H A R T M A N underscore P I T. You can find him at S T L R super fan dad. Follow us. You can talk about this. If you don't want to do Twitter, a lot of people are like, I'm not doing, I'm not tweeting or anything. Go to behind the steel curtain.com. Find the article uh, for the podcast. You can comment. I always check those articles. If there's comments and we can have a good long discussion about who does and does not make this team according to our predictions. So Dave, any final thoughts before we call it a show? Yeah, I'm just, I'm ready to be wrong. I'm, I'm ready to make this, to start making these judgments based on current data. I'm ready to, for the Steelers to get into camp, hear about what's going on, see what's going on. And more importantly, get into that hall of fame game and seeing some of these guys out there, that are going to be fighting to make the team and guys fighting to make the practice squad. Yeah. I love it. I I love that part of the roster. I want to see it, what these players can do. Some people don't want to tune in because the you know Ben Roethlisberger or TJ Watt or 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 Minka Fitzpatrick aren't going to be playing. You know what? That's fine with me. I want to see these guys that are going to be battling out for these spots and these practice squad positions, and I want to see what they're going to do. So I can't wait to get new data. Absolutely. It's going to be here before you know it. Make sure you join me on Tuesday night on the Spotify green room app. That is free for iOS and Android users. I'll be going live typically around seven 30, eight o'clock PM Eastern time. I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you join me in the meantime, folks, that's a wrap for this show. You know how we finish it out. Be safe. 
Be kind and God bless. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I will see you back here on Tuesday or Wednesday. Stay tuned.